I, I started off, I think I left off telling you that this is a hard drive, right? And so this is a portable hard drive and I have hard drives that, that are even smaller than that. And I think uh, I'm excited about, I love external hard drives because um, they allow us to carry more information, right? So here's the thing about hard drives. Hard drives must be formatted, okay? Particularly when you are uh, dealing with hard drives for, <coughs> for a PC, hard drives have to be formatted. So it's either PC or Mac. And of course, because Mac is Mac, a lot of times you don't even have to format for Mac because Mac is Mac. But anyway, no, no shade to the PC lovers. But either way, there's a formatting that happens. And when you format a hard drive, you have to format it for a certain platform, be it Microsoft or Mac. Okay. So now, Paul teaches this, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has passed away and the new has come, right? So when we receive Jesus as our savior, we got reformatted, okay? Sin, former life, old things passed away. We have been reformatted and we have been reformatted to the kingdom platform. Okay. Paul says uh, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Okay. But now not only have we been formatted, reformatted for a new platform, but we've also been given a new operating system. And the operating system is the Holy Ghost. Are y'all with me so far? Stay with me. We're going somewhere. Okay. So now when Jesus goes back to the father, what he brings to life is a text that he said, or uh, a saying that he gave us in John chapter 14, verse 12. Here's what he says. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, listen, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these shall he do or shall they do because I go to my father. So listen, I want y'all to stay with me. We're going to pray in a second, but I want to give you this. What happens is when we, when Jesus went to the father, Jesus automatically increases the capacity of the believer because he went to the father. There was an automatic capacity, capacity increase because he did. What do you mean? Because he says, uh, he who believes in me will do what I did, but he's going to even do more than what I did, greater than what I did, which means our capacity to do more was expanded because Jesus left. This is the second Sunday after Easter. 
Okay. So it's important to understand that when Jesus goes to the father, something happens in the life or the capacity of the believer. And that is we can handle more. We can do more. Are y'all hearing me? So because he automatically increases our capacity, what Jesus does is create, creates more space in us to operate in the kingdom. Are you with me? Today, I want to talk to you from this thought, available space, available space. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you right now for your love, for your grace, for your mercy. Now, Lord, I thank you that you have activated in us the gifts and everything that you have for us to operate in your kingdom. We come against the plan of the enemy. <laughs> we come against any plot, any scheme, any moment of uh, feeling like he has gotten over and we declare Satan, the blood of Jesus rebukes you. And I thank you now that this message will not only be heard in this moment, but I pray, Father, for those who will come and listen to the replay, that those who will come and hear it in the middle of the week and next week, that in this very moment, they will understand that they have greater capacity to do all that you have assigned them to do for you have created available space. And so, Lord, I pray that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth, give me clarity of thought and agility of wit. Allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus name. Amen. Available space. All right. So here's where we go. I want to lay this morning this foundation for our teaching that we're we're in on spiritual gifts. It's what we're calling kingdom loading. We have activated the gifts, but it's important that we understand this concept of spiritual gifts. So when we received the Lord Jesus Christ, we got reformatted, right? We have brought up, brought on to a different operating system, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit equips us with what we need to operate on the kingdom platform by giving us spiritual gifts. Let me say it again. The Holy Spirit equips us with what we need to operate on the kingdom platform by giving us spiritual gifts. So let me ask you a question. Here's the question. I'm gonna tell you how I want you to answer it. How many of you operate in spiritual gifts? If you operate in spiritual gifts, this is a no judgment zone here. I want you to type yes or no in the chat. If you operate in spiritual gifts, I want you to type yes or no. Go ahead. You can start typing right now. I'm going to wait for you and I'm going to enjoy this great coffee that lady brought to me. Mm -hmm. If you operate in the gifts of the spirit, type yes, type no. And if you say yes, cool. If you say no, cool. This lesson is for everybody.
Good. Good. Nice. <laughs> D said yes. I forgot y'all the couch sisters, Dorian. Okay, got it. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Lady P says she does now. She didn't always. Okay, good. I hear you. I hear you, Natasha. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Natasha, for for uh sharing that because I think we all at some point uh shy away from those from our spiritual gifts okay so here's what i want to do i want to establish a definition of spiritual gifts and for those of you that have your writing thanks tony thank you rachel i hear you and so this is the reason i asked that question is because i want to make sure today that before we leave here we will all understand we will understand where we are on the spiritual gifts plane, okay, or platform, if you will, you will understand it today. Okay, so let's start by establishing this definition that we'll, that we'll deal with of uh, spiritual gifts. A spiritual gift refers to the supernatural enabling of the Holy Spirit, which equips a Christian for his or her work of service and ministry. I'll say it again. A spiritual gift refers to a supernatural enabling of the Holy Spirit, which equips a Christian for his or her work of service and ministry. It's right there in the chat, uh, everybody. So you could copy and paste it uh, definitely in the Facebook chat. I see it over here in Facebook. You can copy and paste that and add it to your notes. OK, so. It's a divine enabling. So what Paul does in teaching about spiritual gifts, now I'm going to go ahead and warn you, you're going to have to stay awake. You might have to stand up. This ain't one of them. Ooh, pastor, you killing them today. Great revelation. This ain't that. Okay. This foundation for living right here and really it's foundational. It's foundation for thriving is where we are. So this is what I'm teaching you today. Okay. So, and I'm going to make it all make sense in a second when we start talking about available space. So just roll with me. Okay, so I lost a few minutes in when the thing went off. So I get my few minutes back on the back end. Right. Okay, here we go. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about these spiritual gift lists that Paul lists out. Okay, in first Corinthians chapter 12, 8 and 10. I'm not going to read it, but I want to list here uh, the spiritual gifts that Paul lists out for us. So the spiritual gift is word of knowledge. Word of wisdom, faith, gift of healings, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues or different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. And we're going to spend some time, y'all, digging out and excavating what these mean. OK, so you'll know what it means, but then I'll also recognize it. OK, uh, when you see it in operation or if you operate there. OK, here's another one. Verse 28, second, first uh, Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 28. He lists another one here. And God has appointed these in the church, he says, apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, healings, helps, administrations 
Uh, in some in some versions, they may call that uh, leadings or uh, directing and some others. And then there's a variety of tongues again. Paul also gives a list in Romans chapter 12, verse six through eight. And uh, he lists again prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation. Watch this. Giving, leading, that's like administrations, and mercy. Okay? So now these are, uh, as we, as you study and look out or look for uh, gifts of the Spirit, a list of gifts of the Spirit in the Word, New Testament, these are what you're going to see. Um, I would, I want to tell you based on studying this for the, for the past week or so, that that is a list that is uh, exhaustive or comprehensive, but I don't think it's all. I don't think it's all. And I say that because first Corinthians chapter seven, I think it is verse seven. Paul is talking about getting married and he says, um, he talks about when uh, you get married and if y'all going to fast, you do it for a time. And if, you know, make sure you come back together so you don't get tempted. And he says, I wish, you know, that you'd all be like me. But it goes on to say, uh, if I can just paraphrase, it goes on to say, but the Holy Spirit gives gifts, you know, based on how he wants to give gifts. The underline there, the undertone there is that Paul believes that he has a gift, same word, charismata, that he has a gift to be single. He believes that. That's in the text. And is that in and of itself that says to me that with the list that Paul has given uh, in, in these three separate verses, it may not be all because when we start talking about spiritual gifts and I don't I'm not going to get into all of the breaking out of it today because I, I got to give you enough that you'll be able to chew on. But we'll take our time and walk through this over the next few weeks. But the word charismata is where we get the word gifts. OK, uh, it comes from the root word charis, which is grace. So that means all the gifts that we operate in are sustained and enabled by the grace of God. OK, so um, these gifts that we have are this divine enablement to do a thing. I find it interesting that the church, as much as we talk about giving to get money to do the work of the ministry, we do not teach on the gift of giving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could put a you could put a check mark on this day that Christ in a church. We're going to the next place because some of you have uh, not just the ability to give. That's one thing. I'm a giver. Yes, I don't mind it. But there are others who have the divine enablement to give. And that's a whole different level, a whole different level of giving. And so what we promote in the church, we promote leadings and people like, you know, you, you got administrative gift and you call to that thing and, and, and you got the gift of mercy and you call to that and you're a leader and you're called to that. Well, there are other callings in the church. One is being able to give at a supernatural level. Mm -hmm. We're going to see who's going to run or run and grab that. <laughs> run and grab that gift. 
like we try to run after prophecy and words of wisdom. Yeah, how about that? Now, y'all with me, everybody? We back, we rolling. Y'all give me some hearts. Let me know y'all with me so I can go on to this next thing. Tammy just shared the new broadcast. If you haven't shared the new one since we came back, click share on there so people can hear this. You can share it right there. Thank y'all. Okay, I see your hearts. Thank you. Let's go. Now, here is the thing. Y'all get ready for this. Spiritual gifts are different from human talents. Oh, boy. Talents and spiritual gifts are not the same. I wish I had y'all in the room so I could see y'all face. See, that's not stuff that we teaching because, yeah, okay. All people have aptitudes and abilities. Hear me. But only Christians receive spiritual gifts. Oh, boy. How about that? See, we, you know, the world doesn't like when we start uh, uh, drawing lines of delineation and demarcation. Because, you know, the world believes that we're all God's children. Yeah, that's a no. That's a no. Let, let me say it again. The world believes that we're all God's children. And I'm saying to you, that's a no. Because the word says that many, those who are led by the spirit are the sons of God. Okay. So. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lady P was trying to gas me up, y'all. I'm sorry. No, I'm good, baby. I think I was just talking. And we have a special sign. When y'all see me do this, that means Lady P coming to get my coffee. But that, <laughs> I think I was just excited. Okay? Because the world believes that we are all children of God, but those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are all God's creation, but we are not all God's children. Okay? So understand when I say we all have talents, but not everybody gets a spiritual gift. Only believers get a spiritual gift. Okay. Human talent is indeed a gift from God, but human talent can function independently of the Holy Spirit. Okay. But in contrast to a talent, spiritual gifts cannot function apart from the special working of the Holy Spirit. I want to make sure you get it. I want to make sure you get that. Okay. Everybody got a talent. We got aptitudes, things that we're strong in. Okay. Only Christians, only believers. Believers, those who have received the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, get spiritual gifts a talent can operate outside of the function of the holy ghost but a spiritual gift cannot so let's talk about it because the world celebrates talents even the church puts a lot of emphasis on talents more than spiritual gifts we got to be careful that's why the church make sure we pay the best singers 
the best musicians. Those are talents. Those are not spiritual gifts. Selah. Yeah. So then, when I sing, I sing because I'm talented. Okay, pastor. But when you sing, something supernatural happens. We feel the presence of God. Yeah, that's because one of the giftings that I have would be that of helps. So the spiritual gift of helps. Okay, because my heart is compassionate for God's people and I want God's people to encounter him. I submit my talent to him in the spirit of love and compassion helps. And then that gift. Come on. One of my buddies, uh, Sergio Krum, would say that gift will kick in. But here's the way I really want to say it. What happens is my talent submits to my spiritual gift. And then the body is edified by it. See, that's the challenge. The challenge is we want spiritual gifts to submit to talents. So we pay the best singers to come and sing in our churches, but they have no anointing. Look how y'all looking. J listen, don't get me started on the fact that just because somebody has a gospel record, it does not make them a worship leader, pastor, executive pastor, marketing person. You can hire the best singers, but that doesn't mean that they're anointed. That doesn't mean that they have spirit. That don't even mean that they saved. Look how you looking. Look how you looking. Look how you looking. Oh, they got the best band. They singers are great. Their uh their their uh worship is off the chain. Man, their graphics and all of that, that's talent. But what happens when we take all that talent and submit it to the gift of the spirit? When my singing submits, listen. To the gift of the spirit of prophecy. So then I start singing prophetically. Come on, y'all. Come on. Then what happens? What happens is the supernatural ability takes control. My talent submits to it and God is glorified. Then we're talking about purpose. Everybody want to know what your purpose is? It's not. If you are a believer and I want this to go out on a reel. It is if you are a believer and have given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, it is no longer your purpose is his, but it is your gifts and talents because gifts come without gifts and callings come without repentance. So the question becomes, will you submit your gifts and your talents to the purpose of God? When we do that through the operation of our spiritual gifts, purpose happens. Mm -hmm. Time is, I'm doing good. I'm just about done. Are y'all with me? Listen, let's turn the corner. Spiritual gifts are set in motion to allow us to co-labor with God in building his kingdom. Okay? 
So God could have chosen to build his whole kingdom by himself. Of course he could have done that, but he chose to operate with us. Here's what first Corinthians three and nine says. Paul writes it this way. He says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Okay. You see what he's saying? He said, we work with him. God uses us. We work with him. He says, you're God's field. You're God's building. Oh, so much. Listen, there's so much in here. Y'all we're going to, we're going to settle in. Uh, Lady P and I was up last night talking to like three something about this stuff. I'm like, babe, you got to go to bed so I can finish typing this sermon out, please. Because, I mean, it's just so much here. And I believe God is moving. And, and, and what the enemy is not happy about is when the believer gets the revelation that we're about to get right here. He ain't happy about this. So let's go a little bit deeper. I'm going to give you five principles regarding spiritual gifts. We land some foundation. We're going to go even deeper soon. Five principles regarding the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the uh, spiritual gifts. I'm sorry, the spiritual gifts. Here, here's number one. God empowers or imparts spiritual gifts according to his divine grace. I'll say it again. Number one, God imparts spiritual gifts according to his divine grace. Here's what that means. That means they cannot be earned through human merit. You can't earn spiritual gifts. Okay? You can't earn it because God gives it. But you can multiply them. Oh, I hope I, I hope I, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that because if you say that, Pastor, you need to unpack that. You just can't say that because people go say, well, how do I multiply them? Then? You can multiply them. Here's the concept. Remember, uh, I think it's Matthew. I want to say Matthew 25 when the steward or the landowner leaves and he gives talent, he goes on a trip and he gives talents to his servants. Okay. Uh, five and 10 and gave one, you know, that kind of thing. And, and two of the guys multiplied them, but one of the guys buried it. Remember that? This is how spiritual gifts are multiplied. Bottom line. See, that whole thing Jesus is teaching is not just about money. It's really about activity. So as I operate in my spiritual gifts, they multiply. Okay. But I can't earn them. Hmm. Can we go to number two? I still got, I'm just about to, but I'm, I'm going to try to keep, I don't want to get hung up. Here's number two. God gives spiritual gifts according to his own discretion. Okay. On the front end of that, number one was because of, uh, according to his divine grace. Okay. Because it is his grace that all the gifts operate through that grace, charismata, gifts, okay? Charismata, charisma, 
gifts from Carrie's grace. Okay. But number two says that God gives spiritual gifts according to his own discretion. Um, first Corinthians 12 and 11. Here's what it says. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. I want to say it again. Now you go back and read all of 12, but I'm just pulling this out. Verse 11 says, but the one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So let me stop and say this to you just in case you didn't know. If you are a believer, you have been given at least one spiritual gift. Hear me. Based on the biblical text, every Christian at salvation starts receiving gifts. In, in one of them, I think it's in, in, uh, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says uh, that faith is a gift. But he also goes on, uh, he goes back in Romans to say that we've all been, I think it's no Matthew, that we all have a measure of faith. So when we get saved, we get a measure of faith. Okay? Automatically. So gifts come to the believer because God says this is the way we're going to do. It's his own discretion. You cannot earn it. But if you are a believer, I want to make sure I say this. And if you don't get anything else today, if you want to put your foot in the devil's butt, this is what you need to understand and receive that you have a spiritual gift. Let me say the next thing. You ready? No gift is greater than the other. Let's break it all down right now. Let's break it down. No gift is greater than the other. And this is some of the challenge that we've had in the church. That everybody runs after what seems to be better gifts. Hmm. No, ma'am. No, sir. That's not how that works. There is no better gift. As a matter of fact, I'll say it this way. If you want to operate in a better gift, use the one that you have, because if you're not using it, it can't be better because it's non-existent. But there is no better gift. So the prophet is no greater than the teacher. Mm-hmm. Helps is no greater than mercy or giving or leadership, you know, administration, gift of administration. No, that is not how it works. Why? Because here's the next thing I want you to understand, because the body cannot operate harmoniously unless all members of the body operate together. Now, here's the thing that's probably going to eat up my time today. We haven't seen the power 
that the body of Christ could have if we all operated together. We haven't seen it. If we would all operate in our spiritual gifts with the intention or with the uh, purpose for which God has give, given them to us. And we're going to find out in a minute to help others. The body of Christ would be so powerful. Listen, we're not operating together. Look, I was thinking about this last night. The reason Dr. King and the civil rights movements uh, movement of the 50s and 60s could be so uh, uh, effective was because those who were in that community resolved that we're going to do everything we can to do our part in this. So what that meant was everybody was going to have to be sacrificing on the same level. OK, if we're going to boycott, you can't be like, shoot, I got to get to work. I got to get to work. And so I'm going to have to get on this bus and sit in the back the way I've always sat in the back. No, 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 no. The people had to say, I'll leave home earlier. I'll wear my sneakers and take and bring my work shoes with me so I can walk because I'm willing to sacrifice because us working together is powerful and we can never be as powerful as God would want us to be if we don't all work together. It's going to mean sacrificial living. That means those of them who had cars had to be willing to say, okay, we'll do a carpool. We'll do a carpool. I'll leave early, pick up everybody, drop them off at work, and then I'll go to work. You see? Working together. And some of the challenge that I feel like we have as the body of Christ, we're out of order. Now, I'm getting ready to say some stuff that to all the people that want to get canceled, and you can go ahead and screenshot and start recording right now. Because if you want to cancel me, whatever. But I'm going to go on and say what I got to say. The problem with the body of Christ is that we have mixed up our priorities. Yeah. We want to operate in being black. We want to operate in being white. We want to operate in being whatever our, our nationality is. And so we run and do all the stuff in the black community while the church can't get traction because you so busy out there doing your thing. Look how y'all looking. Look at look how y'all looking. But you can't operate in your gifts, but you can operate with your Delta shirt on. Look how look at this. You can operate as the as the, uh, AKA. Come on. Come on. You can operate as who is this? The Q's? You can do all of that. But when the church calls you to come in and operate in the gifts of the spirit, you cannot do that. Why? Because that stuff is more important to you than operating in the body, which says to me, we have stopped serving God and taking the principles of the Bible that have been preached from the pulpit, operating them in our lives for our own agenda. We no longer serve God. We serve ourselves in the name of Jesus. Share that. Share that. I know, ladies say I'd be fussing. I'm sorry. But the bottom line is we should be one body, no matter what color you are. I teach it all the time. That's the why, that's why our church is called Christ-centered church. We are not Afrocentric. 
We may be predominantly African-American, but we listen, that's short lived to me. I've been praying for years that God will send us a multicultural expression of his body, not just in our church, but even in leadership. So the leadership can look like the kingdom. So the leadership can be a microcosm of the greater body. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for Asians. Hispanics, Latinx, have whatever we're supposed to say right now to be right. I'm looking for all of them so we can operate together as one body. Come on. We stopped operating in the things of Christ. I know when I was coming up, it was a big thing. All the churches got free, black churches got free, and we started wearing kente cloth. Yeah, I said it. I wouldn't, I never, even as a teenager, I never had a kente cough tie. First of all, part of me, of course you might have to clean this up. Part of me feels like that's insulting to those who are from the continent of Africa. They say, you, you, you African-American? Really, I'm a black guy. Of, I, I'm an American who has obviously, I got African descent. But quite honestly, I've I, I never been to Africa. But I have been to the cross. And if you can see me beyond my skin color, you can see that Jesus has covered me in the blood. You can see that through blemishes and stains, the, the blood of Christ has covered me and says that when nobody else wants you, Tim, I want you to work for me. Now you connect with this other person who got a, a marred background and y'all two connect with this other person that got a spotted and black background. And then I will bring y'all together and make sure that I'm in the midst. Why? Because wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, I'll be in the midst. Anybody with me today? Anybody? Yeah, I know. I know this is this is really hard, but yeah, I'm trying to get us to the place where the king, listen, the kingdom is the principal thing. The, the kingdom of God is the principal thing. We we can't we can't teach and, and declare some of the teachings of, of Jesus and not get them all. Come on. Yeah, we can't we can't declare, you know, that we got power in what we say, but you don't want to declare that I'm I'm supposed to seek ye first the kingdom. Listen, and all of its righteousness, the text says. Righteousness is right standing with God and with man. That's what righteousness is. Right standing with God and with man. Picture of the cross right there. So you seek ye first the kingdom of God and the righteousness that it's calling for. And all this other stuff will be added to you. So make sure the kingdom is above the sorority. The fraternity. Come on. The Masons and the Eastern Star. The kingdom. Look how y'all looking. Look how y'all looking. See, this ain't, this ain't, this will get me canceled. Trust me. Trust me. Over the last six months, I've been canceled in many people's lives. I, cheers. The kingdom comes first. The kingdom comes first. And so then as I operate in the kingdom, 
My gifts then multiply because I'm operating in the kingdom. Yes. Yes, mama. The kingdom is above everything. That's the way we're supposed to be operating. The kingdom is above everything. And that's going to cause us to have to live sacrificially. That means that some battles that you feel justified in fighting and justified in trying to win, you're going to have to choose to live peaceably with everybody. And you're going to have to back up off of some stuff simply because the kingdom says live peaceably with everybody. Look how you look. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. Talking about us coming together, we can only reach as the body of Christ, guys, as the kingdom of God, we can only reach our maximum potential. Listen, when we are all functioning with the gifting that the Holy Spirit has given to us, let me say this to y'all. Now, I have I have said to you very plainly that if you have received Jesus as your savior, just as you have received salvation. You have received a measure of the Holy Spirit. You have received a measure of faith. I, I don't. I, 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 okay. I, I, let, me, let me teach this real quick. Real quick. When you get saved. Right. When you get saved, we receive salvation. Here's what here's what the Bible says. I mean, this is uh, what systematic theology teaches us. That when we get saved, Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit comes. We get a measure of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Jesus Christ. OK, but then as we are in get in field with the Holy Spirit, Jesus comes in and baptizes us into the Holy Ghost. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Ooh, I feel him. I feel him right here. So that's when we get the infilling of the Holy Spirit. OK, so when we come in. There's some stuff that happens, but with all of that comes spiritual gifting. So I do want you to understand that whether you thought you didn't have it or whether you thought you did, the bottom line is you do, number one. But here's number two. You have to operate in them because when you operate in the gift that God has given you through the Holy Spirit, then the body can reach maximum potential. Are y'all hearing me? Now, that was number two. Let me give you number three so I can finish. Number three, God wants uh, God wants every Christian to exercise spiritual gifts. OK, God wants for every Christian to exercise spiritual gifts. In other words, you got to walk. You got to work. You got to work these things out. You got to operate them. Okay, and these divine enables, uh, en enablings are not limited to just a few believers. Everybody gets them. Okay, now let me say this. This is what's been some of our problem. Okay. Here's some of our problem. Some of the problem is the church has let us believe that gifts are just for ordained clergy. Let me kill it. No. That's not true. That's not true. Okay. Every believer has a spiritual gift or two or three or a hundred, whatever God sees fit. But what I'm saying to you is it's not just for ordained clergy. All right. I point this out in uh, 
uh, when Second um, Chronicles 20 with Jehoshaphat, Jehaziel prophesies, the word of the Lord is the battle's not yours, but it's the Lord's. You'll have to fight in this battle. You know that thing? He was a singer. Okay. He operated in the temple. He was a Levite, but he wasn't a priest. He wasn't a king. Okay. So the, it is not just for the clergy. And that's something that you got to understand. If you've received Christ into your life, you have it. Okay. It's not just for an elite group. But spiritual gifts belong to every member of the body of Christ. First Corinthians 12 and seven. Here's what it says. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one. Look for the profit of all. Everybody gets a gift. <laughs> Cue Oprah. You get a gift and you get a gift and you get a gift. Yes. For the profit of all. So our gifts work. So that everybody can be built up, can grow, can be encouraged, can be helped, can be uh, can receive compassion. Receiving spiritual gifts, guys, is a part of being Christian. Flat out. Here's number four. I'm almost done. Here's number four. God provides gifts for the purpose of ministry and service. I want to be clear here that gifts are not given to draw attention to man or to man's ego. It's not what it's for. But that's where we've messed up. Because, oh, that's prophet so-and-so. That's apostle so-and-so. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everybody, everybody, you know, I got to be, I, I'm not here. I got to be up here where the truth is. Listen, if you operate in a gift that feeds your ego, you are operating in a spiritual gift, but you are not operating in the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, let's be clear. Yes. Yes. The spirit realm is multidimensional, but there's only one Holy Spirit. Come on. Remember when Paul and uh, was it Paul and Silas? I think it was. They were walking. And uh, there was this woman behind them who had the spirit of divination. That was a spiritual gift. And having not known these guys, she walked behind them and was like, these men, she was trying to expose them. I'm preaching this gospel. <laughs> yeah, it was that spirit that tried to expose them. They weren't bothering nobody. So Paul turns around and calls the spirit out of her. They end up in jail. Because the man that owned the woman was getting profit from her gift. And because he was taking, Paul had just took his money. He went to the officials and the officials threw them in jail. Because not every gift comes from the Holy Spirit. Now let's deal, you want to deal with that? 
just because they got on a, a collar and a chain don't mean it's the Holy Spirit. Look how y'all looking. Look how y'all looking. Look how y'all looking. Just because they got a scarred background doesn't mean it's a demonic spirit. Come here, Peter. Attitudinal guy. Peter. Yeah, Peter was a cusser. Peter Portis will fight and will lie. This guy. <laughs> Look how y'all looking at me. He would cuss, he would fight, and he would lie. But Jesus used them. Such that in the, in the early days of the formation of the church, Peter was so anointed that he would sweat and they would wipe his sweat with handkerchief and send it. Come on to the sick and the sick would recover from the sweat that came from him. That was a gift of the spirit. Come on, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter was about that life. What Portia taught me last night. What did you teach me, babe? That uh, Peter would spin the city. Or spin the block. Is that what it, is that what you told me? <laughs> okay. Okay, listen. So the intent for spiritual gifts is for believers, listen, to become active. We got spiritual gifts so that we will become active in ministry and in service to one another. I want to be clear. You, <laughs> you have a mandate from heaven when God gave you the gift that you're supposed to be operating in that gift. Okay. Week after next, I think it will. I'll come back and talk about what happens, uh, why we don't flow in the gift. I'll come back and talk about that in uh week after next. Next week is Mother's Day. Okay. So each one here, let me give you these scriptures so you can read them. Let me give you uh, 1 Peter 4 and 10. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Okay, that takes me back. Did y'all hear that? That takes me back to the, the, the parable that Jesus told in, in Matthew that I was just talking about. Look, it says that you got a gift, minister it, Okay, to each one, to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So in other words, if you're not using your spiritual gift, you're not being a good steward. I didn't make it up. Okay. Now, I don't mind saying that to you now. See, as, as, as teachers, we got to be careful because you say stuff to people and they feel, you know, depressed. Well, you don't feel depressed about that because I already told you you got one. So if you were questioning whether you had one or not, you ain't got to sweat that you got one. Now it's time to use it. And so as we walk through this series of kingdom loading, you're going to get it. Let me give you number five. Let me get out of here. God intends that the ministry of the church be accomplished through spiritual gifts. 
I just got excited because I didn't. This just came to me. Holy Ghost just downloaded this to me. Because there's so many critics about what the church ain't doing. The church ain't this and the church ain't that. And I don't do the church because the church this and the church that. Well, the church will never be what it could be because you're not operating in your gift. Yeah, you see, here's my question. My question to all the church naysayers and I've got church hurt and all of that kind of stuff. Maybe you were hurt to introduce you. Oh, to the gift of healing. Because <laughs> healing ain't always take up your bed and walk. Healing is also. Let me heal you from past hurts. Look how y'all look Mm hmm. Maybe that stuff happened to you to introduce you to the fact that you got the gift of mercy. Now exercise it. Have mercy on people. Help. Yeah, we don't like that kind of stuff. OK, we don't like that because because what happens is we like to put responsibility on others. It's the church's issue. The church should be doing this. Well, aren't you a part of the church? Nah, I don't go to church no more. Well, that's why we ain't doing it. So then if you're not going to come, shut up. If you're not going to walk out your gifts, shut up. Because you want to judge what the church ain't doing. Be sure that God will judge you for what you're not doing. Just like the man who had the one talent and buried it. When he brought that same one back to the man, he says, bruh. You knew I was a hard master. You knew I don't play that. At least you could have put it in the bank to get some interest, but you got nothing. I'm getting ready to take your gift and give it to the dude that had five and now got 10 here. And I'm getting ready to banish you. Get out. See, we don't want to hear the word for what it is. And you do not get a pass because you mad at somebody. You don't get that pass. You don't get that pass because you're mad at your mama because they made you to go to church all them years. And I can't stand it. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I received Jesus Christ as my savior and I am, I am saved and I go every once in a while. If that is the case, God is going to hold you accountable for the gifts that you have because the ministry of the church will come to fruition through these gifts. Y'all with me? Yeah, I don't know. This apostolic thing on me, I don't know. I don't know how much I like it. We ain't laughing as much as we used to when I was preaching. We ain't laughing no more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Woo. <laughs> yeah. You got gifts to do. You got work to do, man. Okay. So let me get out of here. Let me get out of here. Let's talk about this. I'm, I'm going to skip some stuff, and we'll, maybe we'll pick it up in, in a few weeks. But I want to show you how... Uh, how the Holy Spirit flows in us. I want you to see this and then we're going to end it on this whole available space. Okay, here it is. Water in the scripture is a type of the Holy Spirit. Okay, when we look at types and metaphors, uh, water is a type of the Holy Spirit. Water is also a type of the word because we sanctify her, the church sanctifies the church with the washing of the word, a washing of the water by the word is also that. But Jesus often, often uh, 
uses water as a type or metaphor of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to turn in your devices to John chapter four. And I want you to I want you to see how the spirit flows. And when we're talking about spiritual gifts. We're talking about what God has given us through his Holy Spirit that's inside of us. But I want you to see something here and we're going to be finished. John 4, 13 and 14 says this. Jesus answered and said to her, this is the woman at the well. You can go back and read that story if you're not familiar with it. Um, Jesus answered her and said to her, whoever drinks of this water, regular water, will thirst again. Watch this. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Watch. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So here's number one on this. One of the ways that the Holy Spirit flows is that the Holy Spirit flows up. When the Holy Spirit flows up, it benefits the believer. Okay. When he flows up, it benefits the believer. Jesus says that it flows up into everlasting life. Well, let's go forward and see what else Jesus says. Okay. Well, actually, we're going to go backward. No, we're going forward. Going forward. John 7, chapter 7. I'm going to start at verse 37. I love this. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, listen, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Watch this. But he spoke this concerning <laughs> the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay, wait. So Jesus says now. That he who believes, like the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So, wait. So now we see that the Holy Spirit flows up, benefits the believer, me. But then the Holy Spirit also flows out. And when the whole Holy Spirit flows out, he benefits others. So the Holy Spirit benefits too, us, the believer. And it should be benefiting those when it flows out. It flows up and it flows out. Are you hearing me? Here is the problem with the church. We want the flowing up to everlasting life. But Jesus says that's not the proper cycle. The cycle of the Holy Spirit has to flow up to benefit you, but it also has to flow out to benefit others. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Oh, come on. When it flows out, other people get blessed. Okay, look at Ezekiel. I got to go. I'm trying to rush. Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 9. I love it. Here it is. And it shall come to pass. I love this. Oh, it shall be. Sorry. That every living thing that moves, wherever the river go, will live. Wait, look at it. Can y'all see this? Look at what it says. It shall come to pass that after that. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, and it shall be that everything that moves where the rivers go 
will live. Time out. Reverse, plural. So now what we see is that me and you, we are the rivers. So it says that everywhere that people go, where the rivers go, they will be healed. See, that's why I'm saying you got to use your gift because I'm not going to go everywhere you go. I don't have access to every place you have access to. Okay, you, the river goes there. Me, the river, I go over here. But here's what's dope about it. What's dope about it is everywhere you go and everywhere I go, people who are there shall live. Are y'all hearing me? There will be a great multitude of fish. A great multitude of fish. What is that? Fish, fish is symbolic of men. Jesus told the disciples, I'm going to make y'all fishers of men. See, this is the great harvest, y'all. When we do what we're supposed to do and allow the Holy Spirit to flow out of us, there's going to be a great harvest. But the problem with us today is that we're church minded and not kingdom minded because I want to invite people to my church so my church can grow so I can say our church is big and we're a mega church and we all of this. But we don't as the church, are we really caring about harvest? Are we caring about souls? Because if that's the case, we would go out. We will be teaching messages like this to give you, the believer, a responsibility. And so then we go out and there will be great multitudes of fish because these waters go there for they will be healed and everything will live everywhere the river goes. Somebody put in the chat. I'm the river. I'm the river. Put in the chat, I'm the river. Man, I got to go. Yeah, I got these last two things. I want you to see this. When I tell you that when Jesus left here, he gave us more capacity. He enlarged our capacity. Why? Because he knew that we would be the river that he would use to pour out. Doria said, hi, I'm the river. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So here's my last two. I'm going to finish this today because we got a long ways to go and I got to give it to you. In, in the series that is. So I got to give it to you. Watch. So Joel or Joel chapter two, verse 28. Here is what I want you to see. And this is going to seal the whole thing for us. This space that is available in us. God is coming after today. Because Jesus, when he went, he expanded our capacity, our capacity. And I'm going to show it to you. Here it is. Joel 2.28 says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Okay. Old Testament. Let's come forward to Acts. It is only days or maybe hours, actually, after Pentecost, Peter is preaching and Peter quotes Joel. Look at what he says in Acts 2, 17. Watch what he says. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters 
shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Did anybody catch it? <laughs> Did anybody catch it? Let me show it to you because I'm messing with you. Let's go. Old, uh, Old Testament Joel says, and the last day, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, right? Because in Old Testament, the Holy Ghost had not come. Okay? Had not come uh, because Jesus had not gone to glory, had not been glorified, what we just read. So the text says that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Well, look at what Peter says. There is a change that the church often misses when we read this. Here's what he says. And it shall come the day in uh, passing the last day, says God. Here's, here's the line that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Pour out of your spirit. What do you mean pour out of your spirit? He says back then I had to pour my spirit on. But because now I have put my spirit in you. When you operate in the gifts that I've given you, the gifts of the spirit that I've given you, now I am pouring out of my spirit because you are the vessel, you are the container. And God says, when Jesus left, I gave you more capacity to carry more. It was not spirit on you. It was spirit in you. And I'm counting on you now to be the vessel that's always willing to be used of me, to pour out of my spirit. Are y'all with me today? I wish I was in the room so I could see y'all's faces. I'm done. I'm finished. Cue the music. So here's the deal. We have the available space and there's nothing like getting a new hard drive when everything else seems to be, cause see, when your when your hard drive is full, your computer moves slow. It was slow, but when the Holy Ghost came in and we got reformatted to a different operating system, the Holy Ghost says, "I'm gonna give you some more capacity," and God says, "I'm gonna pour my Spirit inside of you," and with that Spirit, I'm gonna give you designations to operate in. It's almost like folders <laughs> since we talk about computers. It's almost like getting more hard drive space and you say, I'm just going to create folders on my desktop. Yes, yeah, some people have the folder of mercy. Some has the folder of helps and administration, the folder of prophecy and uh, healing and tongues and, and interpretation of tongues. It is that he says, I want to give you more capacity. And the more you operate and use, those gifts so in the weeks to come we'll talk about that because for many of us we second guess the holy spirit and so because we second guess we don't use or shy away from but hear me people hear me the gifts of the holy spirit is not just prophecy and speaking in tongues the gifts of the holy spirit is not just you know healings and miracles but it is also Working is service. It's also helping. Whew. 
Let's pray together. Man, this is good to me. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Lady P going to have to figure out some kind of format for us to get together in Zoom so we can break some stuff to, apart and you can ask, ask some questions because God is, because this has been brought to you today, this tells you that this is on God's radar for your life. I could be talking to you about a whole lot of different other things in the summer. It's summertime, it's getting hot and you need to blow up and you need to get beats by the fine. I could be talking to you about all that kind of stuff, but instead God said, hey, I want you to talk to them about the kingdom. Because there is a demand on my body to operate in kingdom. And you have a gift. You may have talents. But when you gave your life to Jesus, Jesus said, I'm going to give you some spiritual gifts because I need you to work for me. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus name. I thank you right now. For everything you have given us and spoken to us today. Lord, I ask that you would encourage today send your spirit to encourage my sisters and brothers in the faith to let them know that you have given them gifts and holy spirit would you cause them to be discerning cause them to be sensitive to the moment where they can operate in that gift Lord, some realize that we got them now, but some will say, I've never used them before, so I'm not really sure which one I have. God, I pray that you would send your Holy Spirit in this situation. But God, I also pray that you would give me and others the downloads that as questions come, we'll be able to answer it. Because Lord, I hear you clearly saying to me that I'm not building an audience, but I'm building an army. And the battle that we're fighting is not flesh and blood but it's a spiritual battle and it is calling for spiritual gifts so i thank you now for the anointing to operate in the gifting that you have downloaded into each and every one of us i give you praise and glory in jesus name amen y'all all right today y'all all right hope so man Listen, like I told you, this is a great time to be in the body. Those of you who are in the service on Easter or watch the service, your gifting has been activated. Okay? So it's, it's, it's revved up and ready to go. And the more you understand, the more you hear, God will quicken that thing in you for you to realize that, oh, okay, this is what this is. Oh, this is what this is. Okay? You got it. It's all over you. It's all in you. And listen, if you need salvation, you can text. Uh, the information will be in the chats on your various platforms. Okay, because if you have not given your life to Jesus, you do not have access to this. And I, I make no apologies for telling you this because it's one thing for me to tell you you don't have access to it. But it's another thing to tell you that you can get it today. So if you've not given your life to Jesus, you don't have access to it. But when you do, you get it. It's like your signing bonus. <laughs> when you sign on, Jesus says, I got you now. Come on. I'm going to empower your life 
with everything you need. Here's the thing. When you come on and get spiritual gifts, it's to help somebody else. Your spiritual gifts don't help you. They help others. But others' spiritual gifts help you. It's the cycle of the kingdom. All right, I'm going to go. I don't know why I feel like preaching today. Because I think you got it. I feel like somebody got it. But listen, if you want to be a part of this church, you can do it today. You can give your life to Jesus today. You can be a part of this church today. This church is about being Christ-centered. And so I make no apologies for my direct approach in saying what I say. Because being calibrated into a Christ-centered life ain't always cute and fun. It ain't always funny. We have encouraging words. We build you up. We prophesy. That's why that's, that's why there's a gift of prophecy in this house to help build you up because what God is building here with this army is some mature people and they say everybody can't handle it. Yo, that's all good. I mean, it is what it is. But you know some people in your life who can, who can handle this kind of teaching. Invite them. Encourage them to come. And we will grow up together we will grow up together we will grow up together if you want a house prophesied to you this ain't the place but i will tell you to seek ye first the kingdom <laughs> why would i tell you that because everything else you want comes after that i know i said that with a d love y'all man i gotta go i love y'all be encouraged this week I declare in Jesus' name that you are ambassadors of Christ. I declare that you are above only and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. Everything your hands touch will prosper. And every place the soles of your feet shall tread upon, you shall possess. I declare in Jesus' name that favor on your job waits for you. You're not the problem, but the solution to the problem. I declare that money comes to you. But not just money, the wisdom to handle the money that comes your way. I declare in Jesus' name that your home is established in peace. That your single life is whole, healthy, satisfied, exciting, blowing up, favored. That your married life is whole, healthy, satisfied, blowing up, favored, fun, exciting. All that in Jesus. And the blessings of the Lord be upon you wholeness, benefit, prosperity, and favor be, a, be your portion both now and forever. Go in peace, and the God of peace goes with you. Hey, I love y'all with all of my heart, and I count it a privilege to serve as your pastor, your teacher, your partner, in all things God. Y'all have an amazing week. You say you want to really get connected with believers and followers of Christ. Well, it's really simple. Just go to our Christ Center Church Facebook page. Go to the More tab and click Groups. From there, you'll see the Christ Center Nation group and click Join. Finding your tribe has never been so easy when you join Christ Center Nation today. Oh,